We're down to the great fillet in the World Cup, a quarterfinal lineup to truly set the pulse racing. The likes of Belgium, Germany, Uruguay and Spain have already departed a tournament that has mercilessly exposed weaknesses. And now the remaining teams must raise their game once again. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is World Cup Only Better. <laughs> Appropriately put together a world-class tipping team once again with betting guru Mark O'Hare once again on the panel. Mark, let's start with Friday afternoon's clash between Brazil and Croatia. Brazil, the favourites to win the tournament at 2.72, favourites to win this game at 1.39. But we know that Croatia can be awkward. Time and time again, they've proven they can squeak through these ties. Yeah, um... In fair play to them for getting through. I thought they were the second best team out of the two against Japan. Um, but yeah, that experience sort of told in the end and they, they looked just super confident going into that penalty shootout. Like we've been here before, we know the story, we know what we're capable of. And and uh, yeah, I mean, that experience told really in the end. But um, yeah, I mean, the midfield three, which has been the bedrock of that team now for, for quite some time, is going to be tested in this match because they did look leggy, they did look lethargic and laboured in that match against Japan. Uh, this is going to be much different. Uh, I don't expect them to have so much of the ball. I think they still probably will have a decent proportion and share of it because that's how Croatia tend to play. But um, yeah, this, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be different. Uh, they fielded the, the oldest starting eleven in a World Cup knockout game since 2006 against Japan. Uh, and I think for long periods they did look like an old team. We criticised Belgium for something similar um, so it'd be rude not to do similar to Croatia as well. And I think Brazil probably are one of the few teams you want to play if you are feeling a little bit tired, a little bit leggy, uh, and you probably do lack a bit of a ruthless streak as well, which I think would be a, a fair accusation of this Croatian team too. So they've gone 120 minutes, gone through the emotions, the physical excursions on Monday. They have to play Brazil then on Friday. That's a reasonable sort of rest and turnaround period for most teams. But you just wonder whether that Croatian team can handle you know, upping the pace uh, against this Brazilian team and that sort of cumulative fatigue, whether it's emotional or physical, can have a bearing on, on things because Brazil were able to rest and rotate in that final group stage game. And let's be fair, the game was done and dusted well before halftime against South Korea as well. So, you know, they have not been massive. Well, they have been tested, of course. They've had Serbia and Switzerland as well, but they've not been pushed to the same limits as, as this Croatian team have. So, that would be a concern. Uh, you don't want to overreact to just one game and one performance. And, and there's been many of them, very, very good ones in the last 16. But Brazil in that first half hour, first 40 minutes were, were pretty devastating, really. And I know South Korea set themselves up for, for a bit of a fall, really. But I think as soon as Neymar was included back in that starting 11, you just felt this Brazilian team meant business. Uh, everyone's sort of singing from the same hymn sheet. And, and it's not just going forward either. It's, it's defensively, too. They've been rock solid. Um, I know they've given up a, a couple of chances and Alisson's been called into a a few saves himself, but um, it's not just this World Cup. It's it's over a large period of time now. Go right back to the last World Cup. Chi-Chi's had a, a full four-year cycle to get this team ready for this competition, and they've looked superb. They've looked the most... Uh, the, the, of all the teams in this competition, they are the least flawed. But uh, I just wonder whether they're going to come into this game, realise now we're at knockout stage, you know, last eight. Is Chi-Chi going to continue with Lucas Pacatar alongside Casemiro in that midfield pivot? I think it's quite adventurous. I think it's quite bold and daring. And we have seen Brazil teams in the past try and shore up things a little bit in that sort of area. So wouldn't be hugely surprised if Fred came in to, 
to sort of add a bit more legs, a bit more uh, energy into that midfield and sort of allow the, the front four to do their thing. But um, yeah, I think it's difficult to, to look beyond Brazil in this match. Uh, you look at the, the underlying metrics and, you know, they have played South Korea, they've played Serbia, they've played Switzerland. So reasonable op- opposition. They've got an 86% share of the total XG in their matches across the competition, which is frightening stuff. Uh, they've had way more shots, shots on target, shots in the box um, than all their op- opponents. And they're giving up just 0.39 uh, XG per game and, and fewer than four shots in the box as well. So at both ends, they're absolutely clicking and, and going in the right direction too. So, um yeah, I mean, I think Brazil to win and under three and a half goals is around 2.15 on the exchange, which I like. Uh, I don't see it being a complete blowout, but um, you can dip into the props market and there's a few that, that appeal to me from a Croatian perspective, actually. Um, Luka Modric is 2.2 to commit two or more fouls in this match. Um, it's landed in three of his four games already at this World Cup. He's made a foul in all four of those fixtures. He, he is the, uh, out of all the players on, the, on show in this match, he has committed the most fouls Croatia and Brazil. Um, he's obviously 37 now. His legs are going. He is quite handy for a sort of tactical foul here and there. So that appeals. And even Perisic as well. If Croatia do get opportunities, he has looked the most likely of the players to actually deliver. So he's had two shots or more uh, in three or four games so far. He's had a shot on target in two of those four as well. He's 2.3 to have two shots or more, which I thought was a, a nice price. Doesn't matter if they're blocked, on or off target, whatever happens. As long as he has two attempts, you're getting an odds against price. Master of the numbers, odds compiler and tipster Mark Stinchcombe's with us. Stinch, we know that this Croatian team lacks firepower. Bruno Petkovic had a really difficult game against Japan, but that's certainly not true of Brazil, is it? They've got so many options in attack. Yeah, I mean, world-class, you would say, wouldn't you, for the front front four. Um, You look back to Casemiro, yeah, at a similar level. I think we see a different Lucas Paqueta for Brazil than we do for West Ham. That may be just because he plays with, with better players. But yeah, certainly Brazil could roll out either the first team or the second team and, and they would still be head and shoulders in, in that world-class bracket. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think we know what the game plan Croatia is going to go with. Um, you, could even, you could even suggest that it's a, um, over a 25-year kind of game plan. You mean, look at their... A knockout game since the 98 World Cup. Seven of the eight have gone to extra time or further. And I think that's the way they're going to try and uh, and play this one. Um, you know, it's, I don't think it's completely out of this world to suggest that they're not going to go toe-to-toe with Brazil and try and fight fire with fire. They will contain and, and try and and try and counter. But yeah, the, 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 uh, the strikers, I mean, at sort of European level, Champions League even, you know, they're they're decent players. You know, we've seen Orsic and, and Petkovic give, you know, Chelsea and Milan, Salzburg a difficult time in the Champions League. But it just, I don't know whether it's tactically, whether they just don't quite fit in. Um, uh, you know, Zagreb normally sort of play a 4-2-3-1. This Croatia is a bit, a bit more of a sort of 4-3-3, 4-4-2. I don't think that should really make it a big difference. But maybe just because they're, you know, still sort of inexperienced international level but even having said that Kramaric you know he's he's 31 now he's been around uh, ages and still doesn't seem as though he kind of quite fits in and I don't think Croatia know what their their best strike for is strike force is they've just kind of winged it I think really to get to this stage so yeah I'm I, if I had to, if I had to have a bet on sort of the match odds or the the total goals I would suggest Brazil would get the job done eventually I just think that 
if if things click as they have done for Brazil in, in some of these games, I think they, they they might sort of tear tear Croatia apart. Obviously, I think if they go two or three goals up, they might start to to rest and rotate. But um, I don't think that will happen. Maybe t- t- until sort of the 60 65 minute mark. I mean, I know Neymar was injured in the first game, uh, but he's he's played into, up until the 80th minute in both of his starts so far. So maybe he would continue to to stay on the pitch a bit longer. But yeah, I'll be slightly concerned. You, we look at Croatia against Japan. They conceded nearly two expected goals against Belgium. They conceded over three expected goals, um, and I just I think. Brazil could rip apart what is an as an aging team now. You know, Lovren is 33 in defence. He, he wasn't even sort of first choice um, in some of the Nations League games and and the qualifiers as well as the Euros last summer. You've got 37-year-old Modric uh, playing alongside 30-year-old Brozovic. Perisic, as I'm a huge Perisic fan, but again, he is 33 now. He doesn't look as though he's waning, but I think. You know, if they, they've gone to extra time, whereas Brazil literally just played a hard 45 minutes and that was it. So I think they might have a little bit of energy in reserve. And you look at Brazil statistically, second most shots in the competition, nearly 20 per game, 13 coming inside the penalty area. And as Mark mentioned, you know, they're averaging nearly three expected goals per game. So it, there is a chance, I foresee, that it, it could get messy. But if it doesn't, I think there are some interesting sort of side markets you could, you could dip into. I uh, mentioned Brazil averaging nearly 20 shots per game. That's three to one. I think if the deadlock takes a while to be broken, um, that that's a figure that could could be easily achieved. I think if maybe you want to play a little bit safer and a bet that I thought was was quite a decent price as well was Brazil to have four or more shots on target in each half was 15 to two. Now it's a little bit niche with with the the half uh, approach. But again, I, I think Brazil have started quite fast. They're, they're averaging 3.3 shots on target in the first half, 4.3 in the second half. So I don't think that's a million miles away from, from 15 to 2. And they're, they're 13 to 5 overall for 8 plus shots on target. So that price absolutely jumps up if you just add it add it in to be split across, across two halves. Um, Croatia conceded 16 shots against Belgium. Um, and obviously we know Brazil are a better team um, so I think there's a, a decent opportunity and then Mark mentioned a couple of foul ones I think we've, we've talked quite um, pro, pro about Brazil maybe not about their maybe negatives I think if one negative would be them at fullback not playing with natural fullbacks yeah. if they have they're playing Danilo in the wrong position um, Edo Militao is conceded 1.7 fouls per game so far He's two to one for two or more fouls, and if he's up against Perisic, he, you know he, Perisic runs all day. So I think that could be another interesting one if you wanted to put that in a, a bet builder. Trader and tipster Emmett O'Keefe back in the starting side. Uh, Emmett, I'm significantly older than all of these golden oldies we're talking about for Croatia, so that's depressing for me. Uh, do you think this aging team, as we describe it, is going to struggle to contain Brazil? Because Against Japan, you felt like there were opportunities for the Blue Samurai that they just didn't take. Yeah, you'd have to think so. I think the, I think it's kind of Croatia kind of cannily negotiated their way past lesser sides without convincing. Whereas now you feel like, like do Croatia have another gear? Can they step up a level playing against the most gifted side in the tournament? It's it, it's it's probably unlikely. Um, from a pure price point of view, though, I, I just think like we had Brazil, they were in, they were up around maybe one point two seven against against South Korea, and they're now kind of one point three nine against Croatia. I just I find it hard to be enthusiastic about Brazil's price, 
even even if I do even if I do fancy them to win, as kind of Marco O'Hare outlined, that you do, you just you really have to be impressed by how how, how good they are defensively, with 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 playing the, the five attacking midfielders, uh, despite being four 0 up at half time against South Korea. It would be understandable if Brazil kind of lost their grip and kind of made the game loose, but they only still only give up 0.75 xG, and like they have the best defensive statistics in in, in terms of expected goals. But Argentina and Argentina aren't playing five attackers; like they're playing a more kind of solid four three three with maybe only two forwards and kind of Di Maria hanging back when he plays. So and like Brazil, and this isn't just a small sample size thing up in a major tournament. Brazil only conceded. Because he did five goals in in kind of um, in seventeen games in South American qualifying, I I couldn't be more impressed by the kind of the work rate of the Brazilian forwards. If you see Rafinha, Richarlison, when they lose the ball, they are absolutely charging back to win it, and they're getting it's a kind of a European style kind of very much kind of a Man City style pressing game, which is I think maybe Brazil haven't had in previous years, and I think could be maybe the secret sauce that kind of that kind of elevates the elevates the team to kind of to, to potentially win the tournament this time and it's kind of just what looking at the other teams in the tournament like England and France they don't the really top teams they don't seem to have that kind of that similar level of kind of organised press and I think it's, it's quite clever what, what Teach is doing in terms of kind of having the the fullbacks hand back because I think relying on the likes of Vinicius Junior to, to just kind of put a defensive effort probably isn't going to happen or, and, or it's, like it's kind of like if they if they played kind of Alexander Arnold or Robertson style fullbacks where they were overlapping, they just leave themselves very vulnerable on the break. And when you have a 30 year old, 38 year old centre half, Niago Silva, playing it back to you, don't want to leave them in space. So having three or four like three or four players back plus Casemiro, they're just they're a really solid defensive unit. And um, I, I couldn't yeah, I, I've, I, I've, so far I've no real negatives about Brazil, um, especially with Neymar coming back. Just in, ter- in terms of like value in the match, but I think it's kind of a tough one to find. But like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Croatia maybe held Brazil at bay for, we'll say, maybe 45, 50 minutes. Um, like, in Brazil's first three group matches, it was nil all at half time. I know the ca- caveats there with Neymar not playing, and they played a second team against Cameroon. But I think just one thing I have been impressed with Croatia is. Uh, the outstanding Hosko Guardiola, I think, has looked to me one of the best centre backs of the tournament. Has probably added another twenty million onto his onto his price tag. Uh, for whatever big big club signs in the next couple of seasons, and we've seen the kind of Doctor Jekyll version of Dejan Lovren show up in this tournament. He's actually been very good, <laughs> and it wouldn't be surprised me. Yeah. So I think if they, if they sustain if they frustrate Brazil for a half, so at the moment, kind of nil nil half time or under one under zero point five first half goals. Is just over two to one. I think that's kind of maybe small, small value there. If you're looking for a a bet builder, I would, yeah, I was I was thinking he's a little bit shorter than we recommended the last day, but yeah, Casemiro at six to four is, is kind of fair to me in a game which Brazil should dominate and get plenty of shots off. I think he's he's a bank. He's a, he's a kind of a just his history and his um and he, he consistently has shots from distance. I think that's that's kind of fair. Or Vinicius Vinicius Junior is. Just over two to one for an assist. I think that looks a little big. He's had a couple of assists already, and in a game where I think where Brazil should be ramp- rampant, and he's kind of playing to kind of two forwards in um, in Neymar and Richarlison. I think that's he's kind of Vinicius maybe is is quite a bit bigger than than uh, Rafinha and Neymar. I don't think he should be quite that much bigger. So yeah, that's small small value there for the Betbooter selections. So that Casemiro two to one that was to have a shot on target or just have a shot 
full stop. No, sorry, he was sorry. He was two to one in in the last game I recommended to, for a shot on target. He's now six to four for a shot on target. Okay. Well, it's worth bearing in mind you get a £5 free bet when you place a £5 bet builder on selected World Cup matches. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. So if we were to put a bet builder together, Emmett's given us a few decent selections there. Stinch, what would you chuck into a bet builder? Yeah, I'll go for the Militao 2 plus fouls at 2 to 1 because I don't think the match result or the way the game plays out um, should should change um, on that on that front. And Mark? Yeah, I'll put up Luka Modric to commit two or more fouls uh, and odds against Price, considering it's landed in three or four and uh, coming up against the, the most fouled team in the whole competition, particularly with Neymar. I think he was fouled nine times in that first game against Serbia. So if Modric is uh, busy in terms of trying to put out fires, I can see him collecting a, a couple of fouls along the way too. Always nice to have a bet builder with a healthy dose of violence. Friday evening sees a repeat of the 2014 semi-final between the Netherlands and Argentina. Louis van Gaal was coach of the Dutch then and he's coach of the Dutch now. Argentina 2.32 to win inside 90 minutes, 1.67 to qualify. Stinch, it seems a lot tighter than that to me. I'm not sure. I can understand why Argentina would be favourites, but are they significantly better than the Dutch? I think based on the sort of longer term, probably since since Scaloni took over, um, the Argentina have impressed the market, so to speak. They had the obviously that really long unbeaten run. They won the finalisma against Italy, and very comprehensive in 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 that performance. And that was a game against European opposition as well. Obviously, their long unbeaten run was mostly against South American teams. Um, and then you they obviously they won the Copa America. Um, and then obviously like you know, well, not can they do it on a cold Tuesday night at Stoke but can they do it against you know sort of decent European teams and I think they call Italy cold uh, Italy that are you suggesting we should move the World Cup to Stoke <laughs> is that what you're suggesting we should absolutely do? not okay. a World Cup in England would be nice but I, I don't know if, if Stoke would be selected um, but I think what we've seen is you, you can't just rely on matches against South American opposition you know it is a World Cup it's not it's not the Copper America um so I think that definitely comes into it. I think Netherlands, obviously, they were. I think we all real we all knew that it wasn't going to go quite well um, under the previous manager, right? In in the last year, as we saw that they sort of blew teams away in the group stage. But when it came to a bit more of a tactical battle, we, they got it completely wrong against the Czech Republic, and they went out quite tamely, didn't they? In 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 the end. Yeah. Um, and this one, I, I, obviously, again, I'm, I've not been impressed with with Holland, but. Well, they've made it to the quarterfinals, you know, teams like Germany and Belgium didn't even get out the, the group stage. Obviously, they, they had a very, very soft group, um, but they still they still navigated it. And USA, a lot of people have been impressed with the USA and they played really well. They exposed the USA down the flanks in that match. And I think that's something they can do here up against fullbacks that I don't think Scaloni is sure who his best two are. They've been sort of rotated quite a lot um i think acuna is somebody that can be got at because in my mind he's a he's a midfielder by trade that's been sort of shoehorned at club football into fullback and sort of stayed there um i think 
Dumfries can can definitely take advantage down that down that right flank. You've got someone like Memphis Depay that's obviously very capable of scoring low quality chances. Uh, Cody Gakpo has been you know he's a breath of fresh air alongside him. Um, he's having a fantastic season at club level and he's managed to bring that into the international stage even before even before the World Cup began. So, yeah, I wouldn't be back in Argentina at 11 to 10. Um, I, I think the match odds for, for me are pro- probably a, probably about right, really. Um, so I don't think there's much juice there. The, the goal line is, is set at two, which is, it was very, which is very low, but it's completely understandable. Uh, quarterfinal of a World Cup, we'd expect it to be low scoring, tight, cagey. And I, I think... I don't think both I've, both of these teams, to be honest, neither of them are, are really fluid at all. Um, I think Argentina are heavily, heavily reliant on Messi. Um, and I think that basically that's what the match comes down to, uh, essentially, in my mind. So, yeah, I find it really, really difficult to, to split them. Um, so the, the bet I like the most, really, was quite a, um, a long odds bet on the on a goal scorer in, in Cody Gakbo. I just think he's a, he's a massive price at around about 6.0 on the exchange. Uh, he's obviously got three goals at the tournament so far, but I was already sort of looking at him in terms of a bet pre-tournament, given given he was scoring goals in the in the Nations League. He's got six goals in in his last seven starts now for for the Dutch. And yeah, when you look at the likes of Depay, that's you know sort of around about 4.0. I, I think the you know the extra couple of two units on on Gakpo represents a a really nice price. And then in terms of like a, a bet builder, I think the aforementioned Acuna. I think he's a he's a not very nice price. At 13 to 10 to commit two or more fouls, he's committed two fouls in, in every game he started. He's committed three against Australia, and that's a game that obviously Argentina were, were heavily favoured for. So yeah, I'd look at that for for a bet builder. Emmett, what do you make of this one? Because as Stinch says, the Dutch have kind of just cruised their way along. I was quite bullish about them against the States. I, th- I thought there was a big mismatch there, and it proved to be the case. Can they stop Messi? Can they restrict Argentina? I'm I'm intrigued by Holland. I have to say, I, they look they looked like I guess you would say they were like a bit like a horse that's kind of running quite quietly to get the kind of handicap mark lowered before they kind of suddenly <laughs> spring a shock in a big race and a nice prize. Those sneaky horses. Those yeah. sneaky horses, and I feel like this this match could be the match. I think in, in terms of where they really spring a shock here, just they've been playing. A very kind of reactive style of play where they're kind of man marking in midfield and kind of sitting deep and they hadn't really been making that counter-attacking style work at all if you look at it against the against ecuador we kind of flagged this in the podcast they had like point around point one of an expected goal like which you don't need to be a football savant now that's that's not good like every counter-tracking stra- strategy you had is not working but we, okay, we saw against the USA when they had to pay and Gakpo and Situ, they did look a different team and they were pulling off these really nice kind of really coordinated counter-attacking moves with Daly Blind and Dumfries getting forward. And they just, they looked much more of a kind of a slick attacking unit. And it, it just, it is worth mentioning again that like it, it, unlike previous kind of international tournaments, teams didn't have kind of lead-in or friendlies to really kind of hone in on their style a team that's very, I think, I think the Netherlands under Van Hal are probably one of the most coordinated and kind of programmed teams in the tournament. So I think it's maybe not surprising that we saw their best effort four games in with with kind of Depay and Gakpo back. And while I think Argentina's defensive numbers have been impressive, 
um, in South American qualifying and in this tournament, but they they did have faced they faced really low quality opposition so far in this tournament in Australia, Saudi Arabia, Mexico. I think Poland are decent, but no more than that. Um, and then like I think if you look at the even coaching the coaching edge here for Holland, I think you've kind of Van Hal's experience, a tactical savvy, and superb record in in, in international football in, in, in this spell and his last and his last spell with the Netherlands versus Lionel Scaloni, who this is, has done a good job for Argentina. This is still his first job in, job in management. I think the Argentina have been a bit inconsistent throughout this tournament. And, I, and, and I'm, and like uh, Mark Stinchko said, I'd be, I'm, I'd be very concerned about that player, uh, Akakunia for Argentina. I think he looks a real liability. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why he's in the team. And there's just, there's, 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 I'm not, yeah, there's a few changes he's made to the Argentina team, which I have to say I kind of, I don't love. And if you look, look through the two teams, I kind of think, outside of the obvious Lionel Messi caveat, I think Argentina, the Netherlands arguably have a better quality, quality of player. Like, I don't think Argentina have a midfielder as good as Frankie de Jong. I don't think they have a fullback as good as Denzel Dumfries. And with Cristiano Romero, I don't think he, he came into the tournament under an injury cloud. I think you have to say the Netherlands are probably better defender, centre-backs with Virgil van Dijk and, Nathan, and, and I think Nathan Aki's actually played the best football of his career. Be a player I've had a lot of doubts about in the past. He's been really good for Man City this season and looked very solid for the Netherlands. So, given all of that, I just think Netherlands look attractive. Price like you can, they're maybe I'd probably play a bit safe for them to back them for, uh, to win over ninety minutes. Even though the three point seven five does make some appeal, but I like them drawn Obesh at around two point six on the exchange and um, and, and, and to qualify at the, at the currently just just under two point five. I, I've, I like what uh, Mark Stinchcomb said about Cody Gakpo as well in terms of a prop. But I have another Netherlands selection which I think is, is, is good value is Denzel Dumfries to score assist at 9-2. He's three goals and three assists the Netherlands in his last eight World Cup, World Cup and UEFA Nations League matches. He's a huge attacking weapon for Louis van Gaal in a kind of a midfield and defence kind of lacks a bit of pace. He, he, I thought van Gaal uses him like kind of a movable chess piece. He'll play like an attacking winger in certain games. And I think against Argentina, they'll, 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 he, 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 we'll see him really advance in counter-attacks. He's also 10-3 to three for a shot on target, which is all, all worth to go. So I think, yeah, don't free score assist and shot uh, and, uh, and a shot on target are definitely worth including any bet builders. Emma, it's in very poetic mood today. We've had sneaky horses, we've had chess pieces, the whole shebang. Uh, Mark, Emmett's absolutely right, isn't he? There's a big mismatch in terms of the coaching. I know Scaloni's got a great record as Argentina boss. He won a Copa America against Brazil in Brazil, so you can't take that away from him. But Van Gaal has, you know, decades of experience. Yeah, and he, he reminded us how good a coach he, he can be, or, or certainly still is, uh, in that game against the US, because... It was a bit of a, a sort of tactical masterstroke, really, um, to invite the US on and just hit them in the way they did. And as Emmett says, you know, so coordinated and you know, just pretty pictures painted with the with the passing moves that they had to to create those opportunities as well. But yeah, I found this game really really difficult to call in in the sort of the main market. So I, I wouldn't be touching Argentina at the prices, but I still have my sort of nagging doubts about the Dutch team. Um, I think we'll see Martin Darun start here, obviously, and he'll be sort of a, a little terrier around Messi for most of the match. But um, you know, even against the US, David Klaassen's still starting, and there's such a sort of compare and contrast with some of those players in that squad because you've got the the mighty Van Dijk at centre half, and you know Depay, who's clearly capable of playing at a top class team consistently if he pulls it all together. And then you've got David Klaassen, who can barely get in the Everton team or, or even the Ajax side this season as well. So um, I know he was hooked at half time, so we might see Cooper Myers from the off here, but. Um, yeah, I'm still not 
willing to sort of take the plunge on the Dutch. And I think this game out of all four possibly has the, the most uh, chance that we might see extra time and penalties. And um, the bet I like actually is uh, around about 3.9. It's the draw under, and under two and a half goals. So you're effectively backing the nil-nil and the 1-1 correct scores. Um, you know, as a rule, when the goal expectancy is low, the likelihood of a draw increases. And um, the goal expectancy here is around 2.25. And as Stinch says, you know, the, the goal line is, is two. And you're getting around 1.8 to back over two goals. So you're getting a payout at 1.8 if there's three or more goals. If not, it's a push. And, you know, it's not the most uh, attractive play for me. I'm quite happy to go the opposite way because in, in knockout football, Goals per game tends to decrease, and at the quarter-final stage of the World Cup since 1990, we're seeing just two goals per game on average. Uh, 34% of all ties have ended in draws, and that's exactly the same hit rate for draws in, in knockout football in the World Cup during that that same sample. So, take that 34% hit rate uh, and sort of turn it into implied odds. You'd be looking around sort of a, a 2.95 uh, for the draw, but we're getting 3.25 here, uh, and obviously just ruling out the 2-2 and the 3-3. Uh, bumps that price right up close to three to one. So, uh, you know, I think both teams have their strengths and weaknesses in different areas. Uh, clearly, there's an advantage in the, in the sort of dugout towards the Dutch here. Um, I would favour them if I had to pick one of the two teams, but I know football's not sort of won and lost on, on narratives, but um, just the way Messi's playing, it's just a, a respect to Argentina, a respect to the fact that they've only lost once in 40 matches, and a respect that they've probably got one of the greatest players we'll ever see play. So, um, yeah, I feel like this could be quite a tactical, quite a tight, cagey contest. Um, wouldn't be too surprised to see this go the distance. Um, everyone remembers the 1998 game between these two teams because of Dennis Bergkamp's goal, but actually they've met twice at the World Cup this century. Both games ended nil-nil, including a semi-final match. So I think once you get to this stage of the competition, I wouldn't say it's fear, but a healthy respect for both teams and a realisation that you know we're at the business end of the competition now and um, I'm not expecting this to be a sort of frantic, open, entertaining game either. But uh, yeah, Stinch has already stolen my, my prop as well. It was be Marcus Acuna to commit two or more fouls as well. So um, I think we're all singing. <laughs> Stinch looked really guilty then. <laughs> I think we're all from the same hymn sheet there. Uh, him bombing down that right... Uh, sorry, Denzel Dumfries bombing down that right-hand side. Uh, Acuna won't know what's going to hit him like... He's a, he's a fish out of water at the left back at the best of times playing for Sevilla. So, um, and just the emotional aspect as well. Argentina feel like they've been through the ringer three or four times already in this competition. And I feel that can weigh heavily. I know it can push teams to sort of greater heights, but I just don't like the fact that how, how sort of up and down they have been throughout this competition already. And we're only reaching the quarterfinal stage now. The Dutch haven't really been pushed. They looked like they were playing in second gear for the most part during the group not stage and that game against the US as well. So you feel like they got a bit more in the tank, not just uh, physically but mentally too. So, yeah, I certainly would favour the Dutch out of the two teams, but I just think that price on the draw and under two and a half goals is enough for me to get involved. Well, just imagine if we had a bet builder with a bit of a Cunha violence, as we've said. Cody Gakpo to score. That would be a nice chunky addition, wouldn't it? Emmett, what would you hurl into a bet builder? Yeah, yeah, just I think it's 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 a good one. You've got um, a player you're kind of betting on some action down that side. Like I think if we if we kind of the Dumfries, yeah, something Dumfries shot on target and Acuna two plus fouls. We're kind of yeah, we're betting on kind of the Louis Van Gaal looking to target uh, Acuna, which I, I think will definitely happen as well. So I think that's that's kind of a nice angle, and yeah, it's kind of a pretty juicy price with the with Dumfries at, at, at 10 to 3, um, Acuna at odds against, and then Cody Gappo at 5 to 1. So I think if you're looking for a five-year bat builder, look, look, look He is, um, I mean, I, I don't mean to be too harsh, but 
he is an idiot, Marcus Acuna. Like he, he cannot keep his <laughs> yeah. head whatsoever. You see him in the Seville derbies against wow. Betis. And he's an absolute weapon. Like just all you need to do is just give him a nudge, and he he loses his head. Like, <laughs> this is tremendous. It's the, it's the angriest thing I've ever. Heard <laughs> oh, I love it because there's always player. opportunities. Was, uh... But I just think if I was his head yeah. coach, if I was Louis van Gaal, um, or sorry, even Lionel Scaloni, like why is Tagliafico not starting, or even Lissandra Martinez? Like it doesn't doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's weird very strange but there we go and uh, to Mr Acuna uh, hello he's, um, uh, this football sorry, season Kev, he's 4-1 to one to get booked <laughs> is he really that's quite a big price not for long <laughs> by the sound of it yeah, I'd definitely take ah, I'd definitely marvelous. take that you look at like uh, Jurian Timber who he didn't really touch on who's committing foul after foul in the tournament he's nearly evens for a card so that's a that's a huge disparity wow so we could, yeah Massive but gap. but uh, the referees, sorry, the referees haven't been. They haven't been. It's all happening today. Well, the referees haven't been very reliable, haven't they? Card wise, we you know we're seeing like round. Yes, of six, I've heard you moaning about this lots. This round of sixteen yes. games, we're seeing like one card, and it's like that can't be happening. Like you know, this is this is a matter of you know, this is the biggest games in in our sport, and and we're not we're not seeing the. Re- I think the referees are being far too lenient, essentially. Yeah, it was fourteen cards in eight knockout matches compared to. I would just say you're averaging like just slightly under two cards a game, and like the tournament average in 2018 would have been three point five cards a game. So ma- a massive that's hugely down. And just as the lads from the eye test, you're seeing consistently cynical fouls going left unpunished. And then you've got a group of people who uh, love to see violence and cards in football and are not getting enough cards. Uh, this football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Sadly, that's all we have time for on this edition of World Cup Only Better. I feel like we could have gone on for a lot longer there, actually. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. If you want the best tips and insight delivered straight to your inbox, you can sign up for our World Cup newsletter at betting.betfair.com. Worth bearing in mind, we've got tons and tons of quarterfinal preview content on the site, including an article that gives you five reasons to back England to win the World Cup. From Emmett, from Mark, from Stinch and from me, it's goodbye for now.